Welcome to the Engrafted Word from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Line of Judah Cathedral, Cape Coast, with Bishop Jake Godwill. This rich teaching will bring encouragement, hope, light into every darkness, healing, deliverance, and salvation to the longing soul. Join Bishop Jake Godwill as he ministers the Engrafted Word of God, which is able to save the soul. Wow. The Lord bless the house of Onesiphorus and show him mercy on the last day. It's not a powerful prayer. Please pull up, pull up that scripture again. Things are very powerful. The Lord give him give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Is that it? What, what is 17? Ah. There's another one. There's another scripture which said connected on the last day. Amen. Well, I believe that we are learning. Hmm? Let's learn. Oh, let's, this is the practical thing that we must soak in and really be blessed by. And take practical. You see that some people are making efforts. The message is making them change. You see, I met a young man. Well, a man, a brother. And he told me something. He said he came to church. The very first day he came to church. Hello? The very first day he came to church, Bishop was preaching on, I shall not want. Bishop preached on a series, I shall not want. And one of the points, one of the uh, chapters in the series was, you shall build a house. When he heard that message like that, pam, everybody say pam. First day he was invited to the church. We came to the church, he heard the message like that, he decided that I will build a house. And based on that message, he built a house. Based on that message. Meanwhile, he wasn't planning to build any house. His life was just going to roll the same way, whatever he knows. Maybe when he grows, he'll take a loan and try and build a house. This type of thinking. And then from that message, immediately he took a decision. May these messages make changes in your life. And don't remove yourself from certain blessings. Because that's one of the things that happens. That, oh, and it is because you are this, you are that. That is why you can do A, B, C, and D. As for me, my case is different. As soon as you say my case is different, the blessing will be different from you. Do you understand? But if you add yourself that it's possible also for me, before you realize possibility has come. May possibility come to you. Every member of this church will prosper. Every obedient member of this church will do well. Every obedient member of this church will become honorable. She will become honorable. She will become honorable. She will not be a source of concern for your parents. You will not be a family plague. Yeah. God will bless you. God will answer your prayers. God will change your destiny and your future. You will not end up in a poor state. God will bless you and honor you. You will be more honorable than your brethren. You will be more honorable in your family than many people. May you be found ten times wiser, ten times wiser than your colleagues. May you be found ten times wiser, ten times wiser, ten times wiser. In the name of Jesus, receive the blessing, receive the grace, receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, receive that wisdom. In the name of Jesus. And may that wisdom make you ten times richer. Ten times richer. Ten times richer. Than your colleagues. In the name of Jesus. Shout a better hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus.
Alright. You may be seated. Now, quickly, chapter 6 today. How I operated as a lay pastor. Chapter 6 in our study material. Alright. And um, look, count yourself blessed to be in such a chair to hear some things. You know, sometimes when you are in something, you take it for granted that that's how it is everywhere. But with my interaction recently, I realized that we, we, we are in something that we have assumed that um, that is how it is everywhere. But that's not how it is everywhere. The wisdom that operates in this house, that's not how it is everywhere. I know people who have taken all kinds of loans and are in all kinds of troubles. Do you see? But a certain wisdom to just take life step by step mm, can deliver you from so many problems, so many entanglements, you have no idea. So walk in the wisdom that is in the house. It is the wisdom that has built churches. It is the wisdom that has built buildings. It is the wisdom that has brought great success. Don't despise the wisdom of your father. Don't despise the wisdom that is in the house. Don't despise the wisdom that God gives you. Don't despise it. Amen. And that is why sometimes if you become a source of concern to me, well, sometimes I, I look on the platforms, you see, where every, in the night, somebody is awake. Somebody, a lay person, that's her duty. She's a nurse. I can show you the person. Sometimes she's at work. We don't buy data for her. She uses her data and she will send devotion and MFWs on all the platforms. And you see somebody else will just come on the platform and post another devotion. <laughs> Do you understand? So your father's wisdom sharing a devotional is like, have you even read it? Have you even studied it? What, what, do you have anything even to say or to share from it? But it's like this somebody, it's like, what is that? I don't even care. I am into another devotion. I am into something else. I'm into other ideas. And I'm so happy about it that I want to, I want to share. It is not a problem all. Do you understand? It's not a problem. You, you will not be. But what I'm saying is, have you, eaten, have you finished eating your mother's food? Have you finished eating the food that your mother has made for you in the house? When we were children, we would go to school. My mother, the way she brought us up, she didn't want us to buy food from anywhere. Because when it's break time, I attended Saito. I attended Saito. I will tell you the name of my school. It's Noboase, New Insuta, LA, local authority. New Insuta, local, everybody say local authority. Primary school. Yeah, LA. It's opposite the cemetery. Yeah. And we used to walk to school. Almost everybody in the school came to school barefooted. We were the only ones who wear clacks to school. Yeah. Do you get it? Saito. I'm a Saito pro product. Now, <laughs> your face like fully. <laughs> what was I going to say that? Yes. <laughs> yes. When is break time? When they announce break time, killing like that, people dash. Watch a seller, like whatever seller, they just write there to go and buy. My mom will ensure we eat at home, and then she will give us, she used to give us food. We took food to school, rock band something, water. You carry your own water to school. Bring what to drink. You don't drink water from, you don't eat. You see? And it was all to prevent all kinds of, when there's cholera outbreak and all these outbreaks. Do you see? Now, often when we close from school, on our way back, there's a woman at a place called Gausu. 
near the road, she makes a banku. But the under of the banku in the design, it is like biscuits. <laughs> On our way home, for the road, it's like biscuits. Very nice. Will be chewing it, uh, but you have to try and finish it before you get home. Do you see? So, what am I telling you? Pardon? Yes. So, what is prepared in the house is like: Have you finished eating it? That you are now going for abetiasi or whatever it is, and other people. And there were times we just wanted to be like everybody else. Just wanted to be like the other children, go and eat. You know, and people like konkonte. There was konkonte. Break time, they go and eat konkonte with a benkwai. And then they'll come back to school, they'll come and sleep in the classroom. <laughs> hey! Come and sleep in the classroom. I'm talking about this primary school. Primary school. We have not even got to middle school. Primary school. And this is so. Um, but I understood those people. I understood them because that was a provision they had. That was an arrangement they had from their homes. Do you get it? But. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where you are coming from, it may be fortunate or unfortunate. And you see, we, our mothers, made sure that you eat at home before we leave, and then you have something and your water, water bottle inside your school bag, all inside your school bag. So you, you have something to take, and you don't need to take all this. Even when I went to secondary school, I was a day student. Secondary school form one. I went for intercor. My mother packed my bag. <laughs> intercor from Obwasi to Kumasi. I had my water bottle. I had my water. My sandwiches. All inside my bag. Nothing to buy anywhere. And no money. So when we are going to school, we don't have any money. Yeah, we don't have it. There's no, but we didn't. We, there was no need for money. Only time we had money was when we are going to church. Yeah, that was the only time we had money. But normally, there's, there's no. We didn't need to have money. But everybody else is buying this, buy this, buy that, buy that, buy that. You know. So when I went to Intercom, my friends were laughing at me. That hey, you have brought your water. You have brought your sandwiches here. Secondary school. <laughs> it's up to them. They should say whatever they should say. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So, what I'm saying is that God makes a provision for you. He provides so many things. And it's to prevent a whole lot of things. So, that you don't know. This is to prevent a whole lot of things and to create an environment for you. But some people, it's like they don't value what it is. They don't value what they have. May you value what you have. May you value the extent. Look at the extent. I mean, coming to think of the extent of concern. The extent of concern and provision that a mother will go to to make all those things available. And to ensure that you are, you, are, you are covered. And you have no need. I didn't have need of money. Or oh, the primary school, we didn't need money. Am I sharing some wisdom? I, I don't even know why I'm telling you what, what I'm telling you. Why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. You will never be in want. I said you will never be in want. See, that's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Ricky, what, what is the fancy of that? Where's Ricky? 
Is it me here? Just me here. Sharing him. I feel that a better translation is Marine Hahe. Yeah, Marine Hahe. Do you understand what it will be? Or Hahe. You don't know that expression. Repeat, what is the meaning of that expression? So, Or Hahe. You don't have any worry. You are in distress. Or Hahe. It's like you are not at peace. You are not at rest. You are, you are grabbing, grasping at every handkerchief and every whatever. Or Hahe. Hmm. So when the Lord is shepherding you, he will make sure that provisions are made. Provisions are made. Provisions. But see, if you don't recognize the provision, you will be in the midst of it all. It's not a head. Yeah. This is a very well-booked ministry. A very well-booked ministry. There's a book on anything you can think about. Anything. There's a book. There's a book. Is it marriage? Is it pre-marriage? Is it hard to choose a, a partner? There's a book. And there are books. And there are messages. It's a, everybody say we are in a well-booked ministry. Talk about anything. Finances. There are books. Frugality. Frugality. Um, he that had. Prodigality. Look, that book he that had. It's a great secret. I don't know who will really take that book seriously and discover the secrets that are in the book. Hallelujah. So, may we see the great provision that God has given to us in this house. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen? Hmm. Look, many times as I'm reading the different... If you come around me, I don't know, this, this is the only scripture, and the books were opened, and another book. I always have several books opened, and another book. <laughs> There's a scripture in the book of Revelation, and the books were opened, and another book. And out of that book, people were being judged. Another book called the book of life or whatever. Do you see? Because I am picking from the different books. I read a bit from here, from here, from here, from here. Do you see? And then I am intermeddling with the wisdoms. But in each area, one of the things that surprises me is the depth of our father. The depth that he goes in every area. If it's the anointing, the depth to which he goes. If it is this, the depth. If it is leadership, the depth. Everybody say the depth. So it's not as if he has just written something just to sell. No. And it's not a business. It's a ministry. May you be blessed through this ministry. May you prosper through this ministry. May you do well in this ministry. May you do well through the provisions of God. In the name of Jesus. How I became a lay pastor. I don't know whether we can ever get into it. But let me just hit some things. Alright. I have experienced two worlds. Of ministry. Full time ministry and lay ministry. Most pastors are only aware of the existence. Of the full time dimension of ministry. My intention is to help you. Discover the reality of the lay. Of how lay ministry can cause. The church to grow. Amen. Now. In as Bishop teaches in this book, sometimes he's talking to pastors, sometimes he's talking to ordinary members. Do you understand? Sometimes he's, he's speaking to a full time pastor to convince the person how the lay ministry is important. And sometimes he's speaking to the lay person to reassure the lay person how the lay ministry is so important. Amen. So you need to understand all the angles from which. He comes. A lay person is someone who maintains a secular job and yet is active in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. A full-time person or minister is someone who has abandoned his secular job to concentrate fully on the ministry. 
Many ministers who are in full time are not comfortable with the idea of lay people participating in ministry. This is because they want to maintain the ministry as an exclusive prayer for a few called men of God. Some full time ministers do not accept the reality that lay people or lay ministers do not, uh, sorry, that lay people are capable of making a substantial non financial contribution to ministry. Many full-time ministers are happy to maintain their lay people as mere financial supporters. Wow. Okay. So understand the concept. So now he's trying to convince some people who are on the other side of the wall that they only know about full-time ministry, which was the case some years ago, and I'm sure it's still the case in some places. All the ministry, then you have to abandon everything and be full time. But we are saying that there's a, there's a substantial non financial contribution that lay people can make. When we say non financial, it's not only that they are giving money, but they can be involved in what is ministry. Amen. And we have been seeing it practically in our church. Hallelujah. Okay. Now. Um, jump to the last paragraph of page 30. Many ministers are not convinced that lay people can do the work of the ministry. I've had pastors ask me, will they have time to attend to the needs of the flock? And can they handle emergencies? Can they minister powerfully as we do? The answer is a very simple resounding a resounding I have been in the lay ministry for many years and I've found it to be practically Wow. Churches that have experienced phenomenal growth have all employed the principle of using I believe that it is the key to fulfilling the Wow. There is no way we are going to win the world with a few priests and pastors. Everyone must get involved. Many people must get involved at a higher ministerial level. There must be a revival of the lay ministry in their Amen. Alright. Now, come down to I was a lay pastor. At the age of about 15 in secondary school, I met the Lord. From that day, I gave my life to Christ. I became very active in ministry. I was involved in and underline those things. Soul winning and following up of combat. Soul winning and following up of combat. Soul winning. Say with me, soul winning and following up of converts. All right. I was also involved in singing and playing musical instruments for the Lord. Say singing, playing instruments for the Lord. What does it mean? What does it mean to you? In the choir. That means singing and playing of instruments should not exclude you from soul winning and following up of converts. Am I talking? He asked for me, my ministry is to just be singing in the church. So when it comes to um, all this uh, Basel, Basel work, me, I'm not into Basel. I'm not into soul winning and San Yaman Yamano. In the first phase of my Christian life, I was not a traditional Sunday morning church attendee. In fact, I hardly went to church on Sundays. What a shock. Now, before some of you get excited and say, eh eh I like this one. Before you say, eh You see, in those days, we, we didn't have our type of churches. We didn't have our type of churches. If you keep reading Bishop's book, he will tell you the kind of church he was attending. The church he was attending, the priests will come and they will be announcing from the pulpit, 
Mr. Uh, so and so, you owe me two cartons of beer. Last night, um, after the party, you drank two, my, two of my. Please, I need it this evening. Uh, Mr. So and so, you also owe me three cartons of beer. Uh, Mr. So and so, you owe me. They will be. Yeah, that, that's the kind of church. That's the kind of church. Yeah. Where there's no real life. Preaching born again. He never heard about being born again in the church. Never. He never heard it. He never heard any word about give your life to Christ. Never. Never. One day he went to ask the priest. Mr. Priest. I want to go to. How do I get to heaven? How, how can I get to heaven? Said. Young boy. My son. Pray Hail Mary three times. Our father three times. And you'll be on your way to heaven. And he said, thank you, Mr. Priest. And religiously, he wake up every day. Three Hail Marys. Three Our Fathers. Knowing that he was on his way to heaven. Hey! Hmm? The type of church he attended, when people come, sing, Whatever songs, hymns, when it is preaching time, they adjust themselves and they go to sleep. <laughs> Everybody say, adjust. Yeah. They go to sleep. Some of them will even be snoring in the church while the pastor is preaching. As soon as the pastor is, shall we sing closing hymn number this? Then they all wake up. Sing closing hymn after that. They'll be talking. I have my uh, two cartons of beer. Make sure you bring it, eh? and this, that, 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 and then they close, they go home. Yeah. So that is why when he got born again, he couldn't find life in the church. So his real Christian life was outside the church in a Christian fellowship, which was vibrant. So that's why I'm saying before you get excited and say, "Hey, even Bishop was not going to church on Sundays." That me, they are far better because I come once every uh, friend. My Christian life was so active from Monday to Saturday that I ended up resting on Sundays. On Mondays and Wednesdays, I had what? Prayer meeting and Bible study. Mondays and when? On Tuesdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had what? Music rehearsals, choir rehearsals, instrumentalist rehearsals. On Fridays we had fasting and prayer on Fridays. <laughs> and on Saturdays we had, we would have a retreat from when? 10 in the morning until 6 in the evening. See, wow. <laughs> I think we should apply some of these practices here. <laughs> to see how many of, of us will still be Christians. I see already one sister is tired after reading this Mundor already she's feeling tired. Now, let's read on. Whilst I was involved in these activities, I did not give up my schooling. I completed my GCO levels and passed with a distinction. Distinction. Everybody say, wow. I had seven ones. One is the highest mark. Yeah. And that was a great accomplishment by any standards. In my GCA level, I taught my class and was one of the three from my school admitted into the only medical school in Ghana. Throughout this period, I was fully involved in ministry. I preached, I won souls, I visited people in their homes, I counseled people, I fasted and prayed. At one point, I fasted so much that I became as thin as a rake. Someone even asked me, do you think you will go to heaven by becoming a skeleton? 
Never did it occur to me that I had to be paid for the ministry work that I was involved in. By the time I was 19 years old, I was fully involved in the ministry. I had many sheep who looked up to me for direction and prayer. By 1980, I was a strong preacher and a leader in the Scripture Union Fellowship. The point I'm making is that ministry is possible alongside other pursuits. I entered the university in 19, October 1982. I was privileged to be studying medicine, one of the most difficult and time-consuming courses. Whilst in the university, I began a Christian fellowship, which is still, that is still in existence today. During my fourth year, I began to establish the foundations of a church. I then became a pastor and was acknowledged as such whilst I was still a medical student. During this time, I was not paid by anyone to do the work of the ministry. Neither did I slacken in my academic work. On the contrary, I did extremely well and won prizes in the medical school. I applied wisdom and sacrificed my leisure time so that I could be involved in... Yeah. Why is he sharing all these things that he's sharing with us? Why? 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 Show me, show me the reason. The reason. Where's the reason? Where's the reason? Have you underlined the reason? Where is it? Which paragraph? Whoever finds it first, you get a free beloved. Huh? Where is it? First paragraph. Third paragraph. Uh huh. Which line? The point I am making, I want you to underline, the point I am making is that ministry is possible alongside other pursuits. Pastor Jake, are you the one who found it? Ah. May you get a free beloved for your daughter. Say, this is very quiet. He didn't say amen to. Sacrifice and wisdom. These are the two keys in being in lay ministry. Sacrifice and what? What is the main task of a pastor? Is it to perform funerals, officiate weddings? Certainly not. Hmm? There are certainly, these are certainly duties of the minister, but they are not the main duties. It is, if your ministry has deteriorated to the point where your main functions are to to conduct marriages and bury people, you need to read the Bible again. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, go, 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 baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Ghost. Go, go, go. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, for lo, I'm with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Right? So the Great Commission is the reason why we are here. It's called the Great Commission because the greatest commandment to all ministers. It is sad to see ministers of the gospel who have become social functionaries. Mercy. 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 All right? So sometimes pastors come under pressure to accept, to be accepted by society. As a result, we want to do nice things like health, education, etc. And that we may gain more approval by society. Look at what Paul said. Uh, Not Paul, the apostles, Peter, and the rest. When they came under pressure, he said, It is not reason that we leave the work of God and set tables. Therefore, choose ye among you seven men of honor, support, flow of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom, who may appoint over this business. But, but, continually to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the word. Where is it found? Acts chapter 6, 1 to 4. Alright. So you can see from Peter's main, you can see from this scripture that Peter's main duty was to pray and to minister the word. This is something that can be done by lay people. Now, note all those things that are written there. And let's all read together. Ready, go. Lay people can be taught to visit and counsel younger Christians. Uh Uh-huh. Two. Three. 
four. Wow, five. To make spiritual gains through prayer. Hmm? Lay people can be taught how to visit younger Christians, visit and counsel. Lay people can be taught how to preach. Lay people can be taught how to witness. Lay people can be taught how to minister the word with power. Lay people can be taught how to make spiritual gains through prayer. What I've described is the work of a pastor. Any honest reader will agree that a lay person can become a lay pastor. Put your hands together for the Lord. So, we must not say that our doctors, our lawyers, architects, carpenters, engineers, tailors, masons, nurses, secretaries cannot be pastors. They can. Say we can. Say we can. Say we can. Say yes we can. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I remember visiting one of our nurses pastored by a female nurse. And it's happening here. Female nurse. Give us a wave. Are you not pastoring a church? Uh-huh. This is a female nurse. Beatrice. This is a female nurse. She's pastoring a church. She also joins uh, medical outreaches. <laughs> but besides that, she's also pastoring a church. She has a church. She has members. They call her mommy. Yeah. People call her mama, mommy. They call her LP. LP Mama Sue. <laughs> See, amen? Yeah. So, quickly. In a large house, there are many vessels. And God is using all kinds of vessels. So, do not limit God. God can use you. Say, God will use me. 2 Timothy 2, 20-21, ready go. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Amen. Amen. Say Amen. When I was um, in my first year at the university, I was told by the Christian Fellowship that I could not be a leader because I was a medical student. Medical students were considered too busy to be involved in the ministry work. How unfortunate. They had effectively eliminated a whole group of potential leaders from the fellowship. I met that condition myself when we went to the university. Oh, a medical student cannot be executive. Just be an ordinary member. You know, maximum there was one brother who was in prison worship, who was a medical student. That's the feathers. Even he cries like he's an extremist. That's how they saw him, but an extremist medical student. You are a medical student? You are a medical student? <laughs> Please sit down. Only listen to messages. You cannot do ministry work. Are you still here? So, and this is what many pastors do. They look at the doctors in the church and think to themselves, sit down quietly, receive your Sunday sermons, and pay your tithes. Be a nice principled Christian doctor um, who does not perform abortions. You will please God. So, I want to address all medical doctors here. Get involved in practical ministry. Amen. All medical doctors, lift your hands. I'm, I'm addressing you. Those by faith and by practice. <laughs> Where are the faith ones? All the male nurses here, you are sentenced to become medical doctors. Yeah. Go to medical school. Bony guys like you. We don't like you as nurses. Become doctors. I said become doctors. A bony man like you, then you are bathing, you are bathing a patient. 
and a female patient too. Ebeyo. Atush, you are here. Austin, receive the word to hmm? find medical schools and attend. Say amen. I want you to know that a doctor can please God by winning souls. It is true that God wants principal doctors, but God also wants doctors who win souls and do the work of the ministry. There are architects who do full-time architectural work. And are fruitful in the ministry. There are pastors who work in the banks. But pastor large churches. I've seen teachers, pharmacists, university lecturers, accountants, students, doctors, nurses, army officers, civil servants, air conditioning repairers, computer scientists, computer technicians, businessmen, and lawyers become great pastors. Many people cannot believe our long list of pastors are lay who are not paid by the church. If pastors understand that they can, they, they can, that their lay people can do much more than just give money to the church, they would help themselves and their churches a great deal. Amen. The pineapple patch. One day I was walking by the hillside and I saw something that I want to share with you. I was praying in tongues and walking by a footpath in the hills of Ghana, one of the hills of Ghana. I the, sorry, the entire hillside was covered with wild bushes and tall, untamed grass. As I walked along, I saw a section within the wild grass measuring about 20 meters by 20 meters. Measuring how, how long? In that particular section, there were neatly planted pineapple plants. I could see the baby pineapple sprouting. That section of the hillside was very different from elsewhere. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, That section of the hillside is different because certain seeds have been planted there. Because what? Because what? That area of the hillside is different because some special investments have been made on that patch of ground. The Lord told me that the rest of the hillside can be likened to the general congregation which receives seeds from normal preaching. Okay? Do you understand it? Now the special patch of ground that was yielding pineapples could be likened to the part of the church that receives special seeds by leadership and pastoral training. See, wow. Say 20 by 20. So the 20 by 20 pineapple patch was receiving special investment of leadership and pastoral training. And that side grew differently. They behaved differently. It was totally beautiful. Totally different. When you are driving, even across, just before you get to the police barrier, on the left, you see a pineapple patch on the mountain. Everywhere is wild, but you see it's been cleared nicely. Pineapples planted beautifully. Amen? So, this, I believe, is the point. Now, if you sow seeds of pastoral training, you will soon have more, many more pastors and leaders around you. Many people do not invest seeds and give rise to leaders, pastors and shepherds. If you sow seeds that train leaders, you will harvest a crop of well-seasoned leaders. I spend more time with my leaders than I do with the general congregation. The teachings in the, this book are examples of some of the things I have taught ordinary people over the years. This investment has turned many into shepherds and lay pastors. Invest specially in leaders and potential pastors and they will grow up to become great, great I've had people criticizing me for starting churches with people who they consider not to be pastors. Do not criticize someone who has been holding shepherds camps to train people. Criticize yourself for not having spent hours training your own people in the ministry. You must encourage lay people to become something more than principal citizens of the country. 
You must encourage them to become soul winners for Jesus. You must want them to be shepherds of God's flock. You must want them to fulfill the great commission. Dear pastor friend, I wrote this book for you. God told me to write it so that you will understand that lay people can and will help you build your church. Hallelujah. God has a ministry for you. Please do not go to heaven without, um, do not go to heaven and discover that you did not even begin your ministry. Take what you are reading seriously and learn the art of shepherding. And pastoring, discover for yourself the joy of serving God as a layman. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this morning I shared some videos on some of the platforms. And um, the, in the video, a pastor was preaching and said, imagine heaven. Imagine, you know, entering heaven. And the first guy who entered heaven, they called him Evangelist Anderson. And he said, who? Huh? So evangelist Anderson, oh, I'm not an evangelist, I'm, I'm an accountant. And he said, no, heaven is not going to judge you by what you did, but by the callings that heaven had for you. So maybe in heaven you are called, you are called to become an evangelist. Hey, but you settled. And the guy said, but I never knew. He said, if you had sought my face, if you had taken time to seek my face, to find out what I have in store for you, you would have discovered my Lord and my God. And the man was arguing, he said, oh, I help churches to organize their accounts. I helped a lot of churches. He said, no, no, no. You were supposed to win uh, um, 300 and something, 1,751 and 22 something, something people to the Lord it, from Asia. But you called yourself an accountant. And in heaven they were calling Evangelist Anderson. What is heaven calling you? What is heaven calling you? What is heaven calling you? And what are you calling yourself on earth? Another man went. They called him accountant. I've forgotten his name. And he said, no, I'm not an accountant. I'm a pastor. I had a church, 700 members. He said, no, no, no. (laughs) You were not called to be a pastor. You were called to be an accountant. (laughs) And you were supposed to just win three souls. Or help three, no, you were supposed to help three churches. Isn't it? And the churches would have become so organized that they would have won hundreds of thousands of souls. But you missed the road. Then another woman came. Sister Jones. When Sister Jones stood there, she said, I've done nothing. I only looked after my children. And God said, you have been faithful with your calling. I called you to bring up those three children. Because through those three children that you brought up properly, they are going to win the dimension again. Something, something, million, something, something, numbers of. So her calling was just to look after those three babies to become men of God. That's all. Some also will say, I am accountant Anderson. Mercy. But in all these things, we need to seek the face of God. On the keyboard, brother. Who is on the keyboard today? We need to seek the face of God and know his will for us. When God called Saul on the wayside, he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? What would thou have me do? Show me what you want me to do. Amen. Amen. So that you fulfill your calling. Heaven will judge us according to what? That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Thy will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. In heaven. Amen. Hmm. What a difference. What a difference. So may we become what God has called us to become. 
to your feet. Father, we pray. Place your hand on your heart. We pray for mercy. Have mercy, Lord, where we have missed our ways. Show us the way. Let us not miss the way. Gently. May your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. May we truly find our callings and, and walk in them and, and be fruitful in our callings. Lord, let none here, none here tonight, let none here, anyone who's hearing my voice on podcast and on radio, Lord, and on, on internet and wherever, Lord, may nobody miss his or her calling. May we follow you faithfully. May we serve you faithfully in the areas where you have called us, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, dear Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Help us. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. In your own words, just a few minutes, just pray. Pray, commit yourself. What you have heard, Lord, pray. Tell the Lord something. Tell the Lord something personally. Personally, 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 Oh Lord, hear our prayers and help us. Have mercy on us and help us. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Anybody here, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you are not born again, I want to pray with you tonight. Lift your right hand and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I want to be sure. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to die and go to hell. Lift your hand if you are here like that. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for everyone here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We believe you have been greatly blessed through this message. For prayer, counseling, or meeting with Bishop Jake, please call or text plus 233-263-090-000. That's plus 233-263-090-000. Till we come your way again, remain blessed.